children matter to God. Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 9. We will base on that and see why it matters to God. So every child matters to God. And he commanded us to teach that God matters to every child. It is our task to teach every children that God matters to them. But we also need to teach every child that they matter to God. And how are we living this in our church? How are we showing that children matter to God at Santa Clara First Baptist Church? And one of the things that we have done apart from help, helping children across the world, and you have heard about that. Uh, you remember the Sunday school ministry that we started somewhere in Delhi. Uh, these are some pictures here. They come to these crowded little cr- classrooms. And we started with about 70, 80 kids. Uh, it has gone up to 120 plus kids coming every Sunday. And teaching them the Word of God. Teaching them uh, learning how to read and to write. And you can see we have a luxury of space here in this country. Uh, not so much in other parts of the country. Sometimes you literally just squat or sit body to body, uh, and there is no limit, there is no ratio teacher to student, whoever comes there. Um, So our Sunday school ministry in New Delhi, they are praying and asking to have two extra rooms added. Two more extra rooms added. And we want to build those two extra rooms for them so they can have more kids come. Do you think we can do that? Oh, yeah? I didn't hear anything. Oh, yes. Awesome. Right. And here, um, that's the teacher uh, sitting on the chair. My wife and I had the privilege to lead this young man to the Lord Jesus Christ last winter. And he is smart. He, he will do very well here in Silicon Valley. Math, science, brainy. But he said, I'm going to stay in the village. And I'm going to take care of the kids. And he gave his life to Christ. And he's tutoring them every day, morning, evening. And empowering girls. To become strong people to serve the Lord. Why do we have Family Life Sunday? It is because we care for our children. Because they matter to God. And I want to share some stories why they matter to God. And you can use some of the application that is relevant to you. Okay? So this is for everyone. If you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you have no children, if you're single, this is for you today. What do we expect? God made children the central focus of His commandments. God gave His commandments so people would fear him. God gave his commandments to bless his people. The word of God says here, now this is the commandment and these are the statutes and judgment which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you and you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. God is saying you are going to come to a place and time Where I have promised you. You're going to lead a life that I have promised you. 
You're going to come into that promised land. When you come to that promised land, whether it's a new country, a new state, a new place, when you come to that place, this is what I want you to follow. This is the commandment that I've given you. This is my judgment for a good life for you. This is a judgment how you can be a better person. This is a judgment how you can be a part of life that is larger than you. That you do good in your life. This is my judgment. And you teach this judgment so that people may observe, and especially the children. The commandment to be taught to every child comes with a blessing. Eh? It comes with a blessing. What kind of blessing? You may fear the Lord your God to keep all His statutes and all His commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, you add there you and your daughter, your granddaughter, all the days of your life that your days may be prolonged. The commandment comes with a blessing. It doesn't come with a punishment. It doesn't come with, if you fail this, I'm going to punish you. It comes with a blessing of what? Long life. This commandment comes with long life. Not only that, listen to this. Therefore, hear, O Israel, be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you. It's not just a long life, but a good, healthy, well, long life. It may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly. Who wants to decrease this morning? You want wellness? Yes. You want to live longer life? You want to multiply things in your life? It comes with the commandment. And this commandment, is central. How is it central? It's the central focus is whom? The children. Isn't that amazing? That when God gave the commandment to His people, the central focus of that commandment comes through the children. Children is in the central core of the heart of God. Children's ministry is one of the most important ministry in the church. It is not an afterthought, which we haven't learned about it. Because we like the prodigal son, right? What happens in the prodigal son? Oh, he take all the wealth and go and spend on it. And then he realizes when he is in the pig pen and eating the food, oh, I should go home. So what, what did the father do? Put on a nice dress and ring and kill the fatted calf. And there was a party. A lot of money was spent on the homecoming, right? And that's what the church does. That's what the church does. Most of the church, this is what we do. We have the prodigal son syndrome. Right? We wait for our kids, our middle school, our high school, our college kids to kind of wander off and we spend so much money on their homecoming 
How are we going to get this youth back? And we spend all our programs, all our, we spend so much money to reach out the young adults. The prodigal syndrome, we haven't learned. We haven't learned. The church haven't learned the heart of God that when God gave the first commandment to his people, the central focus was through the children. Teach your sons and daughters and granddaughters and grandson my commandment so that we wouldn't have a prodigal son party. But children's ministry is an afterthought. Children's are annoying when they run around here and say, Can the parent take care of them? Why are they here? Because God cares for them because they matter to God. We want them to run around here. This is the place they should run around, not on the street. Your pastor is not going to change his mind even if you come to me and say, I am so annoyed with the children. Pastor, I don't like the children worshiping with us. I am not going to change my mind. I want them here. I love them. I care for them. I went and taught VBS. Most pastors don't teach VBS. It's very hard to teach VBS to children. But God said to me, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you have to become like these little ones. And then he said to me, do not forbid the little children to come. Let them come and then you bless them. How am I going to do that if I'm not interacting and engaging with them? The commandments of God was given to us, to us, through the lens of the children. It's not only God. When Jesus came, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like these little children. Right? So we better get this one right. That children's ministry in the church is very, very, very important. And it is second to none. In fact, it might be the most important ministry in the church. More than anything else. How are we doing on that? How is the church doing on that? That we can answer within ourselves. I can't answer it for you. Programs will not answer it for you. Your heart will answer that question. Does children matter to you? It does matter to God. That is the reason why I said to parents and becoming parents, and if you're thinking about marrying, in this church, we will love your children. We will care for them. Not because... We have the ability or human strength or we're cool. No, no. It's because it's the commandment of God. And Christ has changed our heart to love them. So what are we going to do? Tell your children the story of God. Make the story of God their own. That's what we need to do at the church. Tell the children the story of God. And let God become the story of their own. If we can do that, we have trained them. Are we clear on that? 
How are we doing on that? Is this connecting with you, right? I hope the Spirit of God connects with you. Let's go on to the next one. Um, here. God made every child in His image. So you teach them to love God, teach them to love themselves, and teach them to love their neighbors. That's the reason why we took our vacation Bible school kids to Phyllis Arena. And the smile and the joy on our seniors, older folks, oh, those was precious, 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 precious. They all want a hug. It's like this, open arms, oh, please give me a hug, give me a hug. And the kids went around and hugged them, and they ate their cookies and drank lemonades. Oh, it was wonderful, and they sang the song that they sang here. They read some scriptures. Why do we do that? Because we want them to love their neighbors. We're not just sitting here in the church and say, love your neighbors. you got to love your neighbors. No, we took them to the neighbors to show that they can love. That they can share their emotions and joy. And we got to do this as parents. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Right? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, with all your strength. And this word which I command you today shall be in your heart. In your heart. How do we teach children to love God? How do we teach them to love themselves? How do we teach them to love their neighbors? If you ask your children, why do you think your parents loved you? They may say, my parents love me because I have straight A's. Right? I can sing, I can dance, I can play soccer, I'm good at tennis, I'm good at swimming. I'm good at music. Oh, my parents love me for all these skills. Right? So you ask them, no, no, no. Well, take out all the skills and the A's and uh, what you're good at. Why do you think your parents loved you? And sometimes they may, they, they may find it hard to verbalize and answer that because their love that they receive from the parents is always associated with them doing good works obeying their parents and listening to their parents hold on hold on we got to step back here parents single people all of us that are here God loves the children because they are created in the image of God not because they got straight A's and A pluses no But if we are not teaching them that we love you because you are created in the image of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully created. If we don't teach them that, they will associate themselves with, I got to get an A so that my dad will love me. I got to get all these notes in the violin so my mom will love me. I got to swim well so my parents will love me. And they will grow up with this so much pressure all their lives. And having no freedom and courage and boldness to find who they truly are. This is the reason why we live in an area where the suicide rate in high school is one of the highest in the country. Because you are not good enough. Somebody got a better grade than you. You didn't get into the college that you want. Coming back. We love our kids because they are created in the image of God. 
And if they get all A's, that's a bonus. So you got to teach them. Yeah. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, your strength. And make God present in your home. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to worship. You shall teach them to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You teach them in your home. Home is where it begins. Not youth camp, not church camp, not church. That is not the beginning. Your home is the beginning of training and discipling your kids. You remember it says uh, here, let's, let's finish this. Let me read it. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. You shall, and they shall be a frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. A teflon. The Jewish family wears the teflon where they tie. And there is a small box of the word, the scroll that is in the box. And that is tied one on the arm right close to the heart. And one is here on the frontlet with that. They are not doing it just to look cool. There is a reason there. Okay. When you tie the teflon and close to your heart, the arm touches the heart. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. It is the seed of emotions. And if your heart is with God, you will do good. It's the word of God should be close to your heart in the frontlet. How many of you are doctors, psychologists, right? You know the frontal, the frontal lobe of a brain. What does it do? It makes all the decisions. Right here. Set your mind on God. Get your mind captives on the Lord. It's symbolic. That we teach our children that the seed of their emotion, the heart, is with God, aligned with God, and their mind is aligned with God. Then they will live well, life will be prolonged, and they will multiply greatly in the things that they do. Where do we do that? At home. At home. When they lie down, when you're on the street, on the doorpost, at the gate... Put it on the doorpost. Because in the pagan society, they used to put an amulet or something. The weird of the, the evil spirits. If you're from India, from Asia, from Africa, from Latin America, you know these things. You hang on something on the door. Whether it's a, a sandal, a chili red pepper, or a sign, a totem. You put that to, so that the, evils will not, the evil spirit will not come. Come to your house. What God is saying, keep the word of God in your house. And the evil spirit will not be to change it with my word. My word, my presence is enough. If God is for you, no one can be against you. And God is saying, do not worry and fear about the evil spirits. I am stronger, bigger than them. Put it in your heart and in your mind. You teach this to your children. You teach this to your son and grandsons. Teach them to pray. Teach them how to give. Teach them how to serve. Teach them to give how to the kids in, in foreign countries. Whether it's refugee kids. Whether it's in Thailand, in Middle East, in South America, in Africa. Here in this place. Teach them how to give. 
And we got to teach that. Bless your kids. For a Jewish family, Friday night is a night where you bless your children. Fathers bless their children on Friday night. And for some of you, it might be a little awkward to bless your children because you haven't done it before. You don't know where to begin. And some of you that are planning to have family later on, you may not have this practice. I'm letting you know, start today. If it is awkward to bring your sons and daughter to the table on a Friday and bless in front of your wife and your family, you, you know what you can do? Well, there is a phone. You can start by texting, right? Or one of the week, whether it's not Friday, and say, son, you don't have to say, son, I'm praying this for you. I pray that God will protect you today in your school. Everything that you do, His favor will follow you, and God will... Uh, provide for you what you need you know I'm just putting it there you text to them start with a text if you don't have a phone and you don't like text you're, you like writing notes start with a note put it in the backpack a note of your prayer and you will see how good you feel how good you really feel about that you, you will feel it I'm telling you and that will give you courage together maybe on a Sunday, on a Saturday, on a Friday and sin, and pray, I want to bless my children on this day and you bless them. Jacob started this. This is the basis for every Jewish family. Jacob started this is in Genesis chapter 48. When he came to Egypt and he was going to die, he called his children, including the two sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh. They were not the original son, but Ephraim and Manasseh, and he called and he blessed them. What is unique about this is, this Ephraim and Manasseh are only the two descendants of Jacob that have not experienced the rivalry between brothers. Just as Adam, uh, Abel and Cain, uh, Esau and Jacob, Joseph and his brothers, there has always been rivalry among their siblings. These are the two siblings that did not have that rivalry. And it is the basis for every son's, every male child in the Jewish community to look to this. Bless them like you bless Ephraim and Manasseh from this day forward. So there is no division and rivalry in the family. That's the basis of blessing. That is unified as a family to serve the Lord. It's for Leah and Rachel. When you read in uh, Genesis 29 and 30 and 31, Jacob went to his father-in-law. He wanted to marry Rachel. He tricked him and gave his daughter Leah. Look at Rachel. What did Rachel do? This is the basis and model for every daughter in a Jewish family. Rachel did not get upset and say, I hate you, Leah. I'm never going to talk to you from today. Those things were not recorded. She waited patiently. She was kind. And she understood. She understood that Leah need to have her own future and life. And Jacob is the promised future. And the line and the purpose of God will come through Leah marrying Jacob. Rachel kind of understood that. And she waited for her time. And that should be the model when you pray for your daughters. That they will be like Rachel. Waiting on the Lord for her time. 
And God gave Joseph and Benjamin. And through the line of Joseph and the tribes there, we know how, had God, how God has established the throne of David. See, so when we talk about praying for children and blessing them, it's not just a cute thing to do, cool thing to do as a dad. So you can post it on Instagram and Facebook and say, hey, I'm a cool dad. No, there's deeper, deeper, much, much deeper meaning to that. It's about their life. It's about their life. We want to do that here. We want to teach the children the story of God here in this church so they can make God their own story. We want to teach the children to love God, to love themselves and to love the neighbors. We want to teach the children how to pray and how to worship. We want the children to teach how to give and how to serve. We said this in the beginning when we first got here. Yeah, we love, we love quantity. But we like quality more. Our family life, my wife and I, is quality over quantity. That if we do the quality well, the quantity will follow. And you may not see it in a month, in a year, in two years, and you may get impatient. Pastor, we haven't seen the fruit or the growth. You will see if we do the simple things right. God will bless us. So where do we begin? Start by loving every children that come to our church. And love them with all your heart, your strength, your might, and your mind. Please love them. Please care for them. Do not forbid them to come. If you have an opportunity, opportunity bless them. Bless them as Christ blessed them. So what did you hear today? Santa Clara First Baptist Church, right? What did you hear today? You heard today that God gave His commandment and made children the central focus of that commandment. You heard today, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you have to become like children. In fact... You can understand heaven through the children. So knowing that, we are to teach our child that God matters to them. That they will make God their own story. Right? How do you do that? You do that by praying with your kids. You do that by reading the word of God. You do that by taking them out to love their neighbors and truly serve them. You do that by asking them to give their tithes and offering to the Lord. Literally. This is what you heard today. And we can do that. We can all do that. And if we do these simple things right, then you can see them growing in their spiritual life and maturing. I'm going to ask the, our worship team to come forward so we can pray. We can pray for children. Today... If you are visiting, the, the place there with the tree is called the well. We call it just the well, a, a place where there is no judgment, no prejudice, no questions. Huh? 
just to pray for you. Come as you are. So if you want to pray for your emotional health, physical health, if you're ill, sick, you come to the well. I will pray for you. I will pray for healing for you. It's God. It is for God to heal. But I'm willing to pray for you. I believe God will reach out to you. If you want to give your life to Christ, you come forward here or at the back where the welcome center is. If you don't want to come to the front, I will pray for you. I will lead you, disciple you. If you want to serve, come. We will do the same thing for you. If you're looking for a church in this area and you feel like this is a good church and you want to be a part of it, um, I want to help you. I want to show this picture before we worship. There is a, uh, there is a picture of uh, three gentlemen that I asked uh, our uh, slide, Mr. Andrew. Let's give uh, Mr. Andrew a big hand. He runs a slide there, right? Yes. So set this up for worship. Good, good father. Why God is a good father. So these three men have been coming for quite a while now. One Sunday when I was outside, these three gentlemen came in their bike and said, we're looking for a church. We have to go to work by 12, so we have to leave here around 10.30. And uh, they were from India, and I was trying to use my Hindi language to speak, uh, but it was so hard to explain the Bible. But I did my best. So over time, uh, I've been sharing and sharing. And yesterday, one of them, the far corner, came and I shared the gospel again and he said yes I want to give my life to Christ I want to follow him uh, and said uh, yes so I sent him home go think about it but this morning he brought those two friends and I was out there at 9.30 I shared the gospel again and then I called Vinay one of my friends to come and help more and read the scripture and say I'm not doing the, I'm not forcing I'm just sharing this to you that you want to be a follower of Christ. That Christ is the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in Him, you will bear much fruit. I talked to them about the salvation and baptism. And the new life in Christ. Why Christ died on the cross and how He forgave his sin, our sins and resurrected on the third day. Are you sure you want to follow Christ? And these three gentlemen right here around 10, 10 a.m. They said they want to follow Christ. Right? Yeah. And we prayed a prayer for them. And on Monday, there were two young guys. Masters in computer science. They're looking, they, they didn't have peace. Looking for a job interview. I have no peace. I want to pray. Came the gazebo. And uh, the Spirit of God said, well, you know, ask them if they know the Lord Jesus. Not just go to prayer. And I started sharing the gospel. And one of them gave their life to Christ right there in gazebo. Right? And then I asked the other guy, I said, this is the first time I have heard about this gospel. Give me some time to think more about it. That's a reasonable answer. But in the week, we connected to five people that are searching. You know why this is happening, Santa Clara? Connect it what we are trying to do here in this city. And God is opening the door. Santa Clara First Baptist Church has a special place in the heart of God. And He is going to use you exponentially. 
right? And it's happening. So they want to get baptized. I have to find a time for them to get baptized because they work on Sunday. They say they can be here till 10:40 tomorrow, uh, next Sunday. So if it works out, we will get them baptized here next Sunday, right? Yeah. Yes. So, who says our God is not a good father? You've been hearing about that, right? Oh, God is evil. Why does bad thing happen to good people? Well, the God that I know has always been good to me. He has been a good, good father, right? Let's praise and worship God. You may have heard all kinds of story, but I have heard one story that God is good and He is good all the time. Let's be on our feet and praise and worship Him.